Hey guys, welcome back. This is going to be the September recap. This month was the new iPhone drop, and then I also got a few new Amex uh, No Lifetime Language offers. And then I'll also be talking about my Bank of America Saka, which was quite a long process to get some cards approved from them. So first I'm going to be talking about this new iPhone. It was really quite a fun time. You had these people from all over that did nothing all year, that just dropped into the buying group Discord. They could sense that there's money to be made. All these console people coming out of hibernation. 16 year olds who got a hold of their parents' credit card, trying to make a quick buck. I enlisted my brother to help out with placing some orders, and overall it was just a really fun time. You know, I do apologize that the iPhone drop is only once per year, so you'll have to wait like another 11 months in order to use this information, but I'll definitely be sending out some reminders on how to get prepared for the next time this comes around. And before all those people that are in sales tax states just skip through this section, the commissions on these phones were actually higher than the sales tax, so you would be breaking even. And Apple does accept tax-exempt certificates, so if if you just make the order and then send them an email later once your order ships, then they'll refund you the sales tax. So really this opportunity is available to everyone. This is actually my first time doing this deal as well. So I had a lot of things to figure out. I didn't know how many orders they would ship. So I tried a lot of different things in the hope that I'll have some data points so that I'll be able to use for next year. The drop was at 5 a.m. on Friday, September 15th. And I was really excited for this deal. I could hardly sleep the night before. I had laid everything out, like all the credit cards I was gonna use and what IPs and what devices I'd be ordering from. So I made a lot of orders that morning, just in the rare case that it would work. But of course most of these were cancelled, and the orders that did get through, I got three orders through on one account, and then I got one order through on a second device that was using a different IP, and that was through guest checkout. And then my brother ended up getting two orders through to his address, and I think he used different credit cards for each order. And then in case you didn't already know, you can order two of the Pro Max per order and then also two Pros per order. So that's four phones in total per order. But at the time, it looked like the Pro was paying a lot less commission than the Pro Max. So we had prioritized the Pro Maxes and did a lot of orders that were just two Pro Maxes and no Pros. So in total, I was able to get 12 phones shipped to my house, and then my brother got 6. And then I was also able to make pickup orders for 5 phones. And I was actually able to pick all of those up in one visit to the store, which was nice. And then kind of sporadically since the pre-order day, I've been putting in orders for some more of the Pro Maxes, and those are for ship date in mid-October. They've lasted for over a week now, so I think those will ship. We'll see what the market is like closer to the ship date. I'd be fine with just getting cost for them if that's what it ends up being, but I can always cancel if, you know, the market's really that bad. So some things that I learned throughout this whole thing is, number one, I think the most important thing is that you have enough credit cards at your disposal, because you can only get two orders in per credit card, I think, before they start canceling it. And cancellations do count against you. So as soon as you start getting orders canceled with one card of card, you should just consider that one toast and you should move on to another one. And the Amex employee cards are really good for this, by the way. 
I know a lot of people have like stacks of them from all of the employee card bonuses that Amex has been giving out. And you should be using the business gold, by the way, because that gives you 4x on Apple. And when you combine the 4x with the commission, it really turns out to be a really big profit per phone. So yeah, I was able to get 12 phones delivered to my house, and my brother was able to get 6, and I would say that that's probably about the max that you can get. And once you've done that, you should really start focusing on the pickup orders, and that's something that I really wish I had done more of. Because as long as you're using a fresh credit card, a fresh billing address, and a different IP, there's really no way that Apple can link this to any of your other orders. And what you can even do is just put any random name in for the pickup order, and then once the order gets confirmed, you can change that name to your own name even though I don't think it matters, but you can just do that as an extra precaution. I don't know what the maximum number of pickup orders you can do at the Apple Store is, but I was able to get five phones that were spread across four orders. The Apple rep that I had when I went into the store was really nice, but I have heard some stories of the person just being a Karen and not letting you get the phones that you had already paid for. But even in that case, I think you could still just go back in the next day and get your phone and you can always change the pickup person to a friend and bring them along to the store. And then of course there's multiple Apple stores, so there is quite a lot of possibilities. And this is definitely something I'm going to be focusing on more for next year. But I would say that for this, the key thing is to be prepared with all of your employee cards. It can take a couple weeks for these to come in the mail, so you just want to make sure that you have enough, maybe like a month before the drop. You can apply for five employee cards at a time online, but if you call in, you can get all 99 at once. And then the other thing is the IP. And for this, I actually did look into getting some proxies, but I would say that 99% of the proxies that you can buy online are crap. And these are really for if you have a botting setup where you can just like churn out hundreds and hundreds of orders all with rotating these IPs and hopefully you get one that's good. But for iPhones, I don't really think you need to be botting. As long as you're up at 5 a.m., there's plenty of stock. So it's really quality over quantity at that point. And what I've had luck with is using the mobile hotspot on my phone. So I just have the hotspot on my personal phone and my work phone, but I'm sure that people that are churning SIM cards may have more. And so what I do is I connect to my hotspot and I place the order and then I reboot my phone and that gets a new IP. So this may seem a little bit slow to some people, but like I said, quality over quantity and there's plenty of time if you wake up at 5 a.m. Another thing I would note is don't try to go pick up all of your phones on release day. It can just be really busy during that time and the reps might be a little bit more sensitive to people that look like resellers. And then it's also hard to get all of your orders to line up at the same pickup time. So if you miss your pickup time, they'll hold the phones for up to seven days, and so you can just come back later at a time when it might be less busy. Oh, and then one other thing, I think it goes without saying, but you do need to be making all of these orders with different email addresses. You can do guest checkout, so you don't have to make an Apple ID for each email. And then once that order is ready for pickup, you can add it to your Apple ID, and then from there you can change the pickup person if you need to. 
So yeah, for me, I was able to get eight of the maxes and nine of the pros, and that was a total of $20,700 in spend, earning 4x on the business gold, and then valuing the MR at 1.2, that's a profit of $993 from the spend. And then I was able to get a commission of $136 for the pro, and then $186 for the max. So that was a total commissions of $2,712. And then I won't count this in the tally, but my brother's six phones got him about $1,000. So it was kind of fun to help him make some pretty easy money. And yeah, all this for waking up at 5 a.m. and then making one trip to the Apple store and then one trip to the buyinggroup.com warehouse. And I did mention I have a few more orders in the pipeline. For now, buyinggroup.com, they stopped buying iPhones just like a few days after the release. I'm not sure why. I think maybe they just didn't want to have too many on the books in case the market tanks really quickly. As of now, BFMR is still buying them with like, I think $120 commission for the maxes. Actually, now that I'm going to be publishing this episode, I think it's down to like $50. Last year went all the way into December, but this year it's looking like it might be one of the worst years for reselling iPhones, unless you were able to get a lot right at release. So for September, iPhones were the only thing that I did for buying groups. And then I just did a couple of deals for gift cards. The first one is buying Adidas gift cards at Safeway. And for this one, you were getting 10x just for you points. And then the payout was 85%. So the whole Safeway rewards program is like its whole thing. And it's really only good if you actually buy groceries from Safeway. And the redemption rates are about 1.5x. I think the best one is using four points for $7 off a meat department purchase. And then there are a few redemptions that are in the 1.6 to 1.7x range. So if you're getting 10x on the gift card and then redeeming at like 1.5, 1.6x, that's about 15%. So you end up getting a little bit better than cost if you're selling your gift cards at 85%. But then you are sacrificing some of your organic grocery spend. So if you're already shopping at Safeway for groceries anyway, then it does make sense to buy a few of these cards. But if you're really trying to do any kind of volume, you're a lot better off going to Kroger. But yeah, in this promotion, I bought three Adidas gift cards for $250 each. And then the other deal that I did for this month was on staples.com had a promotion for Wayfair and Game and Grub gift cards, which is basically Grubhub. And as I said before, these can be quite scalable. They come in $50 denominations, and I was able to get 48 of each of these on my main account, and then I got nine of each of these on my side account. So yeah, I still don't really know what the limits are at Staples because it never really seems like a round number that I end up at. But these were on sale for 85% and then I was selling them for 84%. So it was 1% below cost. But as I've said before, the Chase Inc. cash earns 5x at staples.com. So it ended up being $4,845 worth of spend and I made $254 in net profit from this deal. Okay, so now I'm going to get into credit cards. And if you remember from last month, I did a bunch of those Amex 
AU offers. Those were spend $4,000 and get 20,000 membership rewards points, and I had four business golds and four business platinums at the time. But I said I was only going to include half of them for that month because I wasn't really able to complete the spend for all of them. And another reason was to kind of smooth out the monthly totals so it didn't seem like I was making like too much money in one month. Because, you know, it's not every month that you can get such great deals, and I didn't want this to be clickbait, like click here, earn $15,000 per month, and make sure you click on all of my affiliate links. I'm trying to keep this as real as possible. And that kind of reminds me of this other podcast that I was listening to that came from a major blog. I don't want to name any names, but this site is writing articles about so many different credit cards per week. And the guy was talking about how in Q4 he wanted to get a new credit card because he was going to be doing a lot of spend for his reselling business. And he said he was going to get the Blue Business Preferred card. And that is a good card, but I was like, wow, that's all you're doing for Q4? And in the show, they were talking about how the IHG card had increased their sign-up bonus. And I was just thinking to myself, you know, I wonder if this guy has ever even earned a single IHG point. Because this is a Chase personal card, and it doesn't really make any sense to get except in some extremely rare cases, like there's just a lot better offers out there. So hopefully that wasn't too negative, but what I'm trying to say is that everything I talk about on this show and in the deal alerts that I send out, which you can sign up for on churninglife.com by the way, these are all going to be things that I am personally doing. So anyway, yeah, I only included half of those AU bonuses for August, and then I was going to include half of them for September in order to try to smooth things out, but that plan kind of backfired on me because this month ended up being like a really big month as well. But I promise that October won't be that high. So yeah, the AU bonus that I'm counting for this month for September those were 20,000 membership rewards points, and you can get that up to five cards per account. And then I'm counting four of those accounts for this month. So that's a total of 400,000 points, and I value those at 1.2. So that's $4,800. And then this month I was due for another business platinum, and I was able to get a $150,000 sign up bonus for that card. And then you can stack that AU bonus again on top of the sign-up bonus. So it's another five cards at 20,000 points each. So it's a total of 250,000 points if you include the welcome bonus plus AU bonus. And then I also got another business gold. And then again, it's the same thing. For this one, I got the sign-up bonus of 110,000 points. So combining that with the employee card bonuses, that's 220,000 points. So the total for both of these cards was 470,000 points, and that is worth $5,220. And then, of course, I do need to talk about the annual fees for both of these cards. And so starting with the business platinum, the annual fee is $700. But then depending on what month you're signing up in, you are either getting $400 in airline credit or $600, and then you're getting $600 in Dell credits or $800. And then you also get $130 in the cell phone wireless credits. So I already know this is going to trigger some people, but I do value the Dell credits at 100% because I'm able to pretty easily buy laptops from Dell and sell them to the buying groups. 
However, you do need to be extremely careful with this and not be placing too many orders with Dell. I never do more than one order per month with them, and I also have my parents' address that I can use occasionally as well. But yeah, with Dell, you can get banned pretty easily. And this did happen to me, and it's really not a fun time. I think I was kind of lucky in that I was able to call them and get myself unbanned. I think it was because my account didn't really look too crazy. It was just maybe a few too many orders. But I have heard of people whose accounts had maybe some bigger orders, and they tried to call like many different times, and they were not able to get themselves unbanned. And by the way, do not buy any Xbox gift cards. I actually used to buy these as well back when the Business Platinum credits were only $100 every six months, and you didn't really have as many to burn through. But yeah, I would really not recommend buying these because they do add a lot more scrutiny to your accounts. And you're not really even getting that good of a deal on them. I think like best case you can get 80%. Whereas with the laptops, usually you're getting at cost or maybe a little bit above cost after the Rakuten or whatever shopping portal you're using. And then I guess you do have to subtract some money for the shipping. So for me, I just count these at cost. You know, I do live in a sales tax free state, so it is easier for me, but it is possible to get tax exempt with Dell or so I've heard. So yeah, if you apply for the card not in December or June, then you're getting $600 in Dell credits. And if you apply not in December, then you're getting 400 in airline credits. And and I just sell the airline credits at 80% because that is the going rate for United Travel Bank. Even though a lot of the time I like to use this for personal use for Alaska and combine that with a companion certificate. So yeah, if you do the math on $400 in airline credit at 80% and then $600 in Dell credit, you're already breaking even against the $700 annual fee. And that's not even counting the wireless credits. But I'm just going to stop here and call this a wash, basically. I don't want people to get too upset at me over this. There are some bloggers out there that tell you that you're getting like $4,000 in value out of this card, which I think we can all agree is not true. And then for the business gold, that has an annual fee of $300, and you basically don't get any benefits from it. So I do count that minus $300. And then while we're on the topic of Amex, I did get a clawback this month for about 35,000 points. And this is across both my account and P2's account. This was probably on the MS that we were doing to hit those AU bonuses. But I don't even really know what the clawback was for. I did call them, but they weren't really able to tie this to specific charges. And the numbers don't really add up. Like, I was MSing a lot more than that. So I don't know what happened. I'm Yeah, I'm sorry that this wasn't that good of a data point. But we'll just say valuing those points at 1.2, that was minus $400. So yeah, for this month for Amex, if you combine the employee card bonuses with the sign-up bonuses and employee card bonuses for both the business platinum and business gold that I signed up for, and then you subtract those deductions, it was a net profit of $9,620 from Amex. It was definitely my best month ever with them, but I'm sure that those 99x people have gotten more. 
So that brings me to my Bank of America saga for this month. And it was actually spanning over two months. That's how long it took me to get approved for these cards. So I did put in a bunch of applications concurrently, but I think it's easier to follow if I just say the timeline for each of them one by one. And these were all for the Alaska business credit card, by the way, and that was giving a sign-up bonus of 50,000 miles for spending $3,000 and you also get that companion certificate, which I like to use. And so, by the way, Bank of America, they do combine hard pulls on applications that are within 30 calendar days, at least sometimes, but more on that later. So the first application that I did was just for my sole proprietorship. This one went pending, and two weeks later, they sent me an email saying that I needed to upload some documents and what they needed was a tax return and then also a verification of the business. And for that, they said they wanted articles of incorporation or a certificate of trade name slash partnership agreement, a business license, or a fictitious name statement. So I tried to call them and say that for a sole proprietorship, none of that really applies to me. And this first rep agreed with me, and then she said that, yeah, if you just file your tax return along with your Schedule C, then that should be enough. But this didn't end up working, and what I learned was that when you're calling in to talk to these agents on the phone, these agents are not the ones that are actually approving your application. So it can be kind of annoying to be talking to these people because they're pretty much just like the middleman and they don't really have any say. So what happened was two weeks later, they sent me another email, which was basically just the same email as the one they said before, saying you need to upload some documents. And when I called in this time, they said like, no, the Schedule C is not enough and we really do need some other verification of your business. And I was kind of going back and forth and trying to argue with this agent that didn't really have any say. And she kept saying like, oh, you need to have a business license. And I was like, no, I don't. Oregon doesn't have just like a general business license. You do need to get a permit if you're doing Uber or maybe some other kind of specialized service. But actually, when I was living in Washington, they do have this general business license, and it's pretty easy to file for, and that document did help me out quite a few times when I was living in Washington. But yeah, so we went back and forth quite a few times, me trying to argue with her, and she did say something like fictitious name statement, and I was thinking about how that might actually work. Even though my business is just under my own name, you know, it's not fictitious, but if all they need to see is some kind of official looking document, and when I asked the person this, she was like, oh, that might work, and I was like, really? You can't tell me yes or no? And again, this is because, like, she's not the person that is actually handling the application. So I went ahead and filed for this form. It cost me $50, and that just registered my name with the state. And so I sent this in, and two weeks later, I called them again. And what they didn't like was that the document that the Oregon Secretary of State emailed to me had the word application on it, like application for an assumed business name, which is the same thing as DBA or fictitious name. And they were like, oh, this is just the application. So 
you're supposed to get another document when they actually approve it. And I was like, no, that's not how it works. Like, just because it has the word application doesn't mean it's like something they would approve or deny. Like, it's something that I filed. And why can't you just go to the Oregon Secretary of State website and look it up and you'll see it right there? And they were like, no, we can't do that. And again, this is just the frontline rep who is just trying to say no to whatever I say. And she was like, oh, what you really need is a business license. So I went back to the Oregon Secretary of State website and I saw they had this thing called a certificate of good standing which costs $10 and is just like this certificate that says like my name is in good standing. So I got this and now I'm in for $60 total. But this document looks really good. It has the signature of the Secretary of State and I sent this in and a few days later I was finally approved. So because this whole process for this application took more than 30 days, I did have to take a second hard pull for it. But overall, 50,000 miles for spending those $60 plus two hard pulls plus like an hour on the phone with these people, I guess it's probably fine. So for the second application, I applied on the same day for the same card, and I applied as a sole proprietorship with my EIN. And this one also went pending, and when I called in, they said that it was denied for being a duplicate application. Looking back, I think if I had just told him that it was for a different business, it may have worked, but at the time, I just kind of had a lot going on. So I gave up there. And then for the third application, this one I applied for with my LLC. And for this one, it also went pending and it was the same kind of thing where a week later I got an email asking for me to send in some documents and they wanted to see my articles of incorporation, which I had, so I was able to just submit that to them. But then I called back two weeks later and they said that they had looked up the business with the Secretary of State and saw that it was inactive. And I was like, what? But for the other application, they said that they couldn't do that. But for this one, I was like, okay, I guess that's fair. I mean, it is inactive. I forgot to pay the renewal fee, which is $100 in Oregon. And if I wanted to reinstate the LLC, they wanted that $100 renewal fee plus $100 reinstatement fee. So it would have been $200. And I was like, hmm, $200 for 50,000 miles. I don't know. I guess it probably still is worth it. But I was like, hmm, why don't I just take $100 and apply for a new LLC and apply for this card with that one? So I did that, but for some reason I got another hard pull, even though my last hard pull was just a few days earlier for the second hard pull for my first application. So now overall I'm in for three hard pulls. And this application went pending again, and I called in, and they said that I was denied for a number of reasons. She just kind of listed off a bunch of things, like too many inquiries, not enough money in your account, even though I had $5,000 in my checking account with Bank of America. I don't know, just listing out some nonsense. And I asked her, you know, is there anything I can do, like maybe to get reconsidered? And she was like, oh, well, I don't really know. And then I was like, oh, well, maybe if I just transfer some credit limit 
estimate from this other card that I just got approved for. And for some reason, when I said that, the entire tone of the conversation changed. Like, she went from just being like, no, we can't really do anything, to being like, oh, okay, I think that should work. And so she just reopened the application, she asked me a bunch of questions about my business, and then she was like, oh, I think I can just resubmit this, and we don't even need to do the moving credit from your other card. So yeah, this person was really nice, and the call only took like 30 minutes, but then she was like, oh, I still need to submit this to my superiors just to get the final approval, because remember that phone agents can't actually approve anything. But yeah, a few days later, I was approved for this one as well. So yeah, I did have to work pretty hard for my total of 100,000 Alaska miles, and it did cost me some money, but I think I do now have a pretty good idea of how the Bank of America application process works, for our businesses at least. So I'm going to be submitting another round of applications pretty soon here, and now that I have all of these new documents, I think I should be pretty good to go. But yeah, for this round, I got 100,000 Alaska miles, and I value these at 1.25 cents per point. And then the companion certificates are worth $50 each, so that's $1,350. And then I just need to subtract the $100 for my LLC filing fee, and then $60 for the ABN plus certificate of good standing filing fees. So that's a profit of $1,190 from Bank of America. So I do have one last credit card that I applied for for the month of September, and that was the Chase Prime Visa card. In a previous episode, I talked about how I had the Amex Business Prime credit card, and that comes with the 120k annual cap, and I've already maxed that out. So that's the reason why I didn't do any Amazon deals for this month. And I actually had tried to apply for a second Amex Business Prime card, but I got denied and they told me that I couldn't have multiples of that card. And I thought that was strange because I'm pretty sure every other Amex card you can have multiples. And it was definitely more than 90 days since my last Business Prime application. But yeah, the Chase card is still very good. There's no cap that you have to worry about. I got like a 20k credit limit. I think I wish that I got a little higher. Something like 30k to 40k would be ideal for me. Just because I need to be doing a lot of deals in order to make this worth taking up one of my 524 slots. But yeah, I think I should be set for the rest of this year, and next year I'll actually get that cap on the Amazon card reset, so I'll get another 120k with that card, in case I want to be using multiple cards. But yeah, the main reason that I got another Amazon card was I wanted to be ready for the Prime Day 2.0, which is October 10th and 11th. And then also Black Friday is coming around the corner. You know, I wouldn't really say that the deals are that good for Prime Day and Black Friday. I actually think the Amazon devices sale that we had at the beginning of this month will be better than both of them. So yeah, you probably noticed that I didn't send out a deal alert for Prime Day. But there definitely will be some deals that are decent. But yeah, so the Chase Prime Visa card gives you a sign-up bonus of $100, which I think is better than nothing. And then the one other thing that I wanted to talk about was I did get my wife a couple of credit cards last month. I won't be including those because I'm mostly just playing in single player mode. 
But yeah, she was getting a little bit upset about how we were spending a lot of money on travel. And so I was just like, all right, let's just get these two credit cards. And then you can just think of all that as free. Just like some low-hanging fruit. So we got her the Amex Business Platinum card, which again is 150,000 points. And then you can stack that with the employee card bonuses to get a total of 250,000 points. And then we also got her another Chase Inc. cash card, and that gives you 90,000 points. Plus you get the referral bonus of 40,000, so that one's a total of 130,000 points. So that can just kind of show you how some pretty low hanging fruit, I mean just two credit cards, gives you a total of 380,000 points. That's valued at like $4,600, which is probably the easiest money that you can get. I mean, it's kind of unbelievable how easy that is. You can only do it once per quarter, but you don't have to be out there hustling for iPhones or trying to figure out how to package up 100 Fire Sticks. But yeah, like I said, I won't be including this in the tally. Although it does increase the burden of Dell credits that I have to liquidate, this year I'll be burning close to $4,000 worth of Dell credits. Okay, so it's time to do the final tally for this month. And first I'm gonna talk about the buying group and gift card activities. So the total spend for buying groups was $20,700. And then for gift cards, we had Adidas and Staples stuff. And so that was a total spend of $5,595. So it was a total spend of $26,295 for buying groups and gift cards. And from this, I had a profit of $277 for gift cards and $3,705 for iPhones for a total profit of $3,982 for buying groups and gift cards. Then for credit cards, we had $1,190 from the Bank of America Alaska business cards. $9,620 from Amex when you combine the Business Platinum, Business Gold, and then half of last month's AU bonuses. Also subtracting the annual fees and deductions. And then add in the $100 from the Chase Prime Visa card, and that gives me a total profit of $10,910 for credit cards. And then combining this number with the profit from the buying group and gift card activities, that brings us to a grand total of $14,892 for this month. And I'm really trying my best as possible for this not to be clickbait. You know, this is not the amount that I make every single month, and this just happened to be some really good deals. I'm hoping that for future months I'll make less money so that it can kind of average things out and show that there are highs and lows. Because one day Amex can just be like, we're not going to be doing no lifetime language offers anymore. Or even worse, they could just ban everyone that has had more than like 10 Platinums. Or Amazon can just be like, no, you can't just ship stuff to the buying group address. So it's never going to be like a consistent income because we're always at the mercy of what deals are available. But I feel like good deals are always going to be coming and going. And hopefully for every deal that goes away, there'll be another good one that comes up.
And I was actually thinking about doing an episode on like the MS graveyard or even just like the deal graveyard. But looking back, there's just so many deals and so many plays that have come and gone that I just, I don't even know where to start. And then it's also that I don't know everything. So I do know of a few good deals that I was able to do, but I'm sure there definitely were some better ones that I missed. I wouldn't say that I'm in the inner circle of knowing things. Like, I didn't even know about the fitness club until things started to go south with it. I do vaguely remember hearing about some rumor that I think was that. I am hoping that someday we'll get to hear more about that story, because it does sound kind of wild. But yeah, I do need to think about some content to make for the next episode. I think it's good to do, like, two episodes per month, when one of them is the monthly recap, and then the other one is some other topic. So yeah, stay tuned for that, and if you made it this far, thanks for listening. If you have any questions or comments about the show, uh, feel free to send me an email at churninglife at gmail.com or message me on Reddit. And I actually had one person email me who didn't come from Reddit. I have no idea how he found this show because I'm pretty sure my SEO is like at the bottom of everything. So if you are like that and didn't come from Reddit, I would love to hear from you and figure out how you found this show. But if you are new to churning and just kind of randomly found this show, I would say head over to Reddit uh, r slash churning and there's a lot of resources there to help you get started definitely don't expect to make fifteen thousand dollars in the first month but yeah thanks for listening and i'll see you guys next time